Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister, the podcast you didn't know you needed in order to get through your week. Oh, so that's accurate. I'm Rosemary McCabe and I'm joined by my sister, Beatrice McCabe. In the beautiful sunny climes of Indiana where it's due to get down to 15 degrees Celsius on Wednesday and I for one cannot wait. Is that true? 15 degrees? 15 degrees Celsius, Ugh. 58 degrees Fahrenheit. I looked it up. Ugh. I know, I can't convert these things. Thank you all for being here with us. In case you didn't know, we have a Patreon now. If you go to patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister, you'll get a whole extra episode. You basically get double the amount of episodes when you sign up to the Patreon. It's $5 a month. You get a bonus episode every Friday and you get this main episode without any annoying ads. Good for you, not for our ad sellers, ad executives. Oh, for God's sake. Listen, listen, let's get on with it. Today in the podcast, we thought we would talk about something that's very relatable to everybody, especially given the events of the last two years, stress and how we deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping Beatrice has some novel ways of dealing with it because I basically deal with mine by eating. That's mm. going to be my contribution to the entire episode. Beatrice, how do you deal with stress? Um, I'd say, I mean, eating is an option, but I'd say I also eat when, like eating is more just a default reaction to anything that happens in life. Good, bad, or indifferent. Any heightened emotion. A celebration, a commiseration. Yeah, yeah. Great news. I'm delighted. Congratulations. Sorry about, sorry about that. Bad news. You're I'm having a think, baby. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Anything anything that would not... The only thing is probably a stomach bug. It's probably the only thing that would prevent eating from happening. What are these thunderous little elephants doing outside the room? Preparing some food, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to come in and serve us a five-course meal. As if. Although they can actually eat everything within within sight now it's like living with a swarm of i don't know what are those ins- is it ants is it ants that would eat everything overnight locusts maybe locusts a yeah. swarm of locusts will destroy yeah. your entire crop won't they overnight? yeah it's like now there's four of them all with full-grown appetites how would you describe your stress level i mean not necessarily at this very moment because we're having a very relaxing sunday recording the podcast lol but in general like what would you describe out of on a scale of one to ten what are your stress levels like i don't know they're probably relatively low three for, but I, I like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how aware I am of my own stress because I barely sleep a wink. Like I have very bad insomnia and I'm wonder, I wonder if that's related to stress. Not um, like for, for many years, it was due to the fact that kids were there. I mean, I also yeah. wonder if I have very disrupted sleep patterns due to the fact that I've had 10 years of raising children, you know, at yeah. various different stages. But now I find I'm awake between one and 4.30 every single night, no matter what. Drink wine, don't drink wine, drink coffee late, drink no coffee eat late, eat early, have a bath, listen to relaxing sounds, watch TV, don't watch TV, phone on, phone off. I sit up, then I lie back down and then I think to myself, well, I won't get up now because if I just close my eyes and relax and then I start doing all kinds of, well, I should do this and I should pay this bill and I should do that. And, I, and like, but there's no point at which it switches off and I go back to sleep. I'm just awake until five o'clock. Then I'm exhausted and I fall back asleep and wake up wrecked. Yeah. At like 7.30 when mm-hmm. you have to get up. Yeah. It's very annoying, isn't it? Yeah, so I think that probably signifies stress. And then I think you told me that people who don't sleep or a lot, like or who have disrupted sleep patterns tend to die younger. So that really freaked me out. And did does, I? It doesn't help. Yeah, at 3 a.m. when I lie there thinking. I'm, that was I'm, unhelpful. Yeah, it is unhelpful because it's not really it's not really a tool to help sleep better. It just makes you more and more worried about the fact that you're not sleeping. Maybe you should um, 
like engage the services of a sleep hygienist or like a sleep therapist maybe you can get someone to come over can't you and be like okay we need to move this and move this and uh, change the lighting and take this out well you can out. actually go to like don had oh you can go and do that clinic yeah don went when we lived in dallas to a place when they were, and they you know plugged him in and put him on like a bed that was very uncomfortable and they according to him it was very uncomfortable and they were like so we'll be monitoring you overnight and we'll be keeping an eye on you for your various you know weird sleep habits or whatever and i think he had headphones on i don't remember but he was plugged yeah. up to loads of electrodes and stuff and they were like, and if you wake up, don't worry. But anyway, he said he lay down. Now we had only, we had two kids at this point, four-year-old and a one-year-old. He said he lay down, he woke up the next morning, the most refreshed he's ever been. And they were like, um, well, that wasn't a great example. Can you come you back? You have no issues. <laughs> oh my God, that would be really annoying. Yeah. I often hate when I go to the doctor going, I definitely have something wrong with X, Y, Z. And the doctor's like, no, everything's fine. Sure, did I not, did I tell you about the time Julie went to the doctor and... Is this, some, is this the marks on her arm? Desperate black marks on her arm. <laughs> Julie is like, so sorry, in Julie's defense, Julie had been waking up several mornings a yes, week yes. with these like black marks on one all arm. along one Only arm. Only on one arm. Like, yeah. and, and she was like, what are they? They're so weird. They disappear during the day. But when I wake up in the morning, they're, they're there again. Yeah, they're not sore. They're not itchy. Yeah. They're not. Don't yeah, know what no they could they be. Are they a fungus? Are they a rash? Are they, maybe she didn't say fungus. Sorry, Julie. What are they basically? Yeah, she goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, rub, rub, I think it's, how are you sleeping? And she's like, well, I'm not sleeping so badly. He says, no, no, I mean, how are you sleeping? What, like, what position are you sleeping? She's like, well, I kind of sleep with my arms thrown back over my head. And he's like, I think it's mascara. (laughs) Poor Julie. (laughs) Poor Julie. But I honestly feel like, I mean, this is a very you thing to say. I feel like I could come over and be your sleep, your sleep hygienist, but get the baby out, get the dog out, mm-hmm. get the cat out. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not wrong. I mean, and also, you know, it's so important. Like, that's kind of the beginning of everything. If you're not sleeping well. Oh, yeah. Like, forget everything else. Everything else is ratched up to 90, you know? That's, well, well, like, that's actually when I was working as a personal trainer, one of the first things you'd ask people would, like, would be, how are you sleeping? Before you talk about diet, before you talk about exercise, before you talk about water, mm-hmm. literally be like, your body will not do anything efficiently if you're not sleeping. So Sorry, they're, I shouldn't be all my problems. they're unhelpful. all my problems. So what's, and what's solution when you as a personal trainer said to people, you're not sleeping, were you, did you then have tips for them or were you just like, you're fucked? No. <laughs> yeah. So I then had tips for them that would be like, so for example, we would try to cut out like sugar, caffeine after a certain amount, of t- like after a certain times, so you'd be like after 6 p.m., try and cut down on your caffeine, cut down your sugar. Ideally, you don't have any caffeine, right? Which for some people makes a big difference, for some people doesn't. I don't think it makes a big difference to me. You don't think it make, makes a big difference to you. We would also say try not to have your phone in the room, try to get a clock or like an old-fashioned alarm clock so you have no electronics whatsoever in the so room. So maybe tonight I light. should have no phone in my room. No, you can't because if I go into labor, I need to call I, you. You see, you can't have it every no, way. But, but you can have your phone on Do Not Disturb across the room so that when you wake up in the middle of the night, you can't turn it on and, and be blasted with blue light. Oh, I don't do that. Do you not? No, not anymore. So how do you know what time you wake well, up? Well, I say two nights ago. Well, I mean, how am I supposed to look? At, of course, I have to see what time it is. Is it nearly time to get That's up? That's what I'm saying. You need an alarm clock and not your phone. I don't want, but like... A little clock. It's not that, I mean, blasted with blue light, a tiny... Blasted with blue light. I have my phone on the lowest possible light setting at night time. Do you have it on um, sleep mode or not sleep mode? What's it called? Do not disturb. No, no, no. There's a, like, night vision or something that you can oh. put it on that between certain hours it, ter- it tones down the oh, blue light. I literally light. have it like this. Look at that. No, no, that's that's still blue light. Oh, no, obviously I don't. So, yes, we would give tips see. like, take electronics out of the bedroom, try and make the bedroom cool, like, cool, like the coolest room in the house should be your bedroom. People say that it's good to have like blackout blinds, but actually for a lot of people, it, it it totally depends on your lifestyle as well. If you can go to bed when the sun has set and if you can get up when the sun is rising, which doesn't often work in the summer, 
But if you can kind of train your body to work with the rhythms of the sun, that works better. You know what I mean? So you wake up naturally in daylight, which it doesn't work in Indiana in the winter. But I do that. that. Kind of well, one of the so tips. I've just put on my blue light. We'll see now if I can report back tomorrow to having a fantastic it's night's sleep. And not being, oh, when I went, oh my God, you're very negatory. Anyway, negatory. all that to say, you don't think you're very stressed, but then when we get into it, actually, you must be because you're, not, you're barely sleeping. Yeah. But I also wonder if the lack of sleep is what's causing my stress. Because I do think that, I don't think I would be, I'm not, I mean, I think I have a pretty good ability to regulate my stress, to not overreact to things, to kind of put things in perspective. But when I'm not sleeping, I have zero of that. And I cry a lot at like all sad TV, any sad songs. I like to take out my Wordsworth poem and cry at it, which I mean, makes no sense, right? I then cried also at that Seamus Heaney poem the other day that I've mentioned before, where I just was like, where's that really sad Seamus Heaney poem? Like, why? Why, right? But I do think that work is stressful right now. Mm -hmm. My work is stressful. The kids in and out of school and quarantine is incredibly stressful. The kids are stressful, full stop. No, but like not having a routine with them. And since going back to school, we've been back for less than a month and they've been quarantined the group of them three times. Yeah. So that's unrelaxing. And now I'm worrying about things like, are they going to get a decent education? Are they going to, like things that I don't normally worry about. But I would say that historically, the thing that I've stressed out the most about in my life that I find the most stressful, that I end up having the most fights about is money or lack thereof. Oh. So that, not like, you know, not recently, but... No, no, I thought you were going to say work. That's interesting. No, in my, I've just never been great at managing money. And I would say that Mm. has been my biggest cause of stress. I think that, credit card with the 1000 euro limit that I got in Italy was probably the single most stressful small slice of hell that I should never have been allowed sign for. I was just telling Brandon that my very first credit card that I got when I was in college was had a 2500 euro limit. I didn't even have a job. Yeah. That's what, I, that I did have a job. Tiger. I don't know what was going on. It was nuts. I had a job and my sal- my annual salary was 22,000 euro. So I think that they should not have been giving me like when you think about the fact that you're paying at least half, you're, so you're getting taxed on that, then mm-hmm. you're paying at least a thousand euro on, I think my rent was like 800 or 950 mm-hmm. or something like that. So, I mean, I did not have enough to be paying off whatever the interest was, 29% a month, you know? No, which I probably kind of depending on that, aren't they? Yeah, which I'm sure I couldn't even read the, I mean, the fine print in Italian. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, you were just like, great. Yeah, I was like, yes, free money. We're going to go shopping. It wasn't. Um, like, this may surprise you, Nebuchadnezzar. I don't find money stressful at all until I have none. That's what I mean. It's not yeah. that, it's not money per se. It's a concern about like when things, when unavoidable things happen and you're like, where am I, how am I going to pay for this? Or, how, or where am I going to get that money for that? That's where. I, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even get like, I don't think about un- unavoidable things. I don't think about like, oh, I have no buffer. I oh, literally no, no. don't think I mean, about it when until. The, I'm talking yeah. about when the, yeah. when the moment, that, it's the, the moment yes. that it gets to like, yeah. oh no, I can't door dash that McDonald's because oh, I literally have God. no money. That is not, a, that is. No, a, but that's, <laughs> it's not the McDonald's that starts stressing me out. It's just like, like as soon as I'm like, shit, I don't even have 11 euro or like $11, then I'm like, oh my God. So that's, I mean, that's reasonable, I think. Yeah, that is If you reasonable. don't have $11, you are in trouble. But do you find that, so what's your biggest cause of stress? Uh, I don't know. I think there's probably like a lot of little things that get me very stressed out. So like, but kind of stupidly. So like, I, and I can recognize it as well that like when I'm with the boys all day and if they're just like up to 90 and they're being really antsy, like I I let myself get really stressed about it and then I feel really frazzled and then I get annoyed and then I get annoyed at myself for being annoyed or I feel like I'm snappy with them or same with like if I have a lot of work on instead of actually methodically going through the tasks I have to do I procrastinate and procrastinate and then I get really frazzled about oh my god I have to do these three things in this short space of time or 
if I'm going somewhere and I think I'm going to be late, instead of just making sure I'm not going to be late. I mean, look, I don't mind being late to social occasions, but if I go to the, like the doctor or something and I'm like, shit, I'm going to be five minutes late, then I get really frazzled about that. You know what I mean? So it's all kind of stuff that I could, if, if I was calmer and more methodical at the beginning, most of my stresses, I think, are completely avoidable. But didn't your doctor say recently, maybe you can't help this? Well, my therapist, my American therapist, who's led me to conclude that Americans love a diagnosis, suggested, well, I was, I was telling her about how I work and I was like, you know, she was like, do you have set hours? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I was like, no, I don't. Absolutely don't. I wait until I have a deadline. Do and you have then I set do hours? It. Yeah. I was like, no. You're, no, you're like, I do. Between 9 and 12, I like to watch reruns of Love Island. No, no. Between 12 no, and 1, I like Love to door dash my McDonald's <laughs> to myself. Then I eat it and muse about things I could be doing. Oh, no. I was also telling her about how if I have a meeting in an afternoon, so like if I have a meeting with a client or if I have a call with someone or at 1 p.m. or 2 p.m., I can't do anything unrelated to that for the morning and I can barely do anything related to it. So I usually just sit down and write a to-do list or write a list of like things to ask on my call. You do love a good to-do list. And then I watch blackhead squeezing videos for two oh, hours. Jesus, that was Until call time. The other day. Yeah, but I was telling her this and then she was like, you know, um, a lot of what you're describing sounds a bit like ADHD. Has anyone ever suggested that you have ADHD before? It's like, no, they have not. But, but no doubt you Google so the symptoms. Do you, do you feel like you might have them? Um, I think I had actually Googled my whole like procrastination thing before and it had come up because, because Brandon has ADHD, um, and was only diagnosed, I think in the last kind of two or three years and started taking medication and now feels like he's much better at getting things done and at adhering to tasks and not putting things off and not getting himself in a frenzy about things. If you know what I mean, he still gets a bit of a frenzy sometimes if you ask me, but he thinks it's, it's working wonders. And I had Googled it. I think I had Googled his symptoms as well. And part of me had gone, hmm, I kind of do that. That's why we're so perfect together. But I don't think, I don't think it's ADHD. I think it's just like bad habits from being freelance and being able to panic and work from 6 to 11 p.m. the night before a deadline instead of actually working during the day. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I do love a bit of cramming myself. I'll tell you, like if I have a deadline and I have ample time to do things, I will probably leave it till, you know, there's no margin now for extra time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's that, that's my great source of stress at the moment, because over the next two weeks, I have like a big client project I've been working on to finish. I have a personal project that's kind of to do with like my Patreon. I have like basically a whole load of writing to get done before I have the baby. And then I have my fucking book to finish. You've got a couple of podcasts to record. I've got a couple of podcasts. Don't remind me. I'd forgotten about that. I'm oh, telling you it's like quite a lot. And you only have 14 days or 13 days. Well, I will, I will tell you, like, I've been preparing for your baby shower. You're extremely successful baby shower. Extremely successful. Say. Somebody messaged me on Instagram and said it was the cutest looking baby shower they'd ever seen. Oh, it's so nice. Thank you. I have to say thank you to Vera Bradley for providing yards of fabric for us to cover everything with and make it look very colorful. Very cute. And even though I was like, prepping like anticipating it for weeks for probably like six months and buying you know she plates and napkins and I was and like okay, telling me all the... these plans and like every time she told me something I'd be like we don't need to do that oh but, yeah but everything was worth it everything was worth it and I'd like to say you were absolutely anti the idea of a photographer and was. was it wonderful well the photographer was like it helped the photographer was really not like, like total dose absolute dose so nice uh, we'll do a little shout out there to Helen Helen Mazur oh, wonderful photographer yeah if anybody's looking for a photographer in the Indiana, Michigan, Ohio area. North, northeast Indiana, yes. is that where we are? Yeah. 
absolutely fantastic. She and was great. Well, we haven't seen, we haven't actually seen any of the photos, but I particularly I saw some liked, of them on her camera. Oh, I saw some, but I mean, we have, don't have any yet to share. But oh, yeah. I particularly like the fact that she brought that wind machine and blew. And I mean, for somebody who was protesting, I do not want to be photographed. Next, you were getting into I it. I just by gave the end into it in the end. She was like, she was like, can we take a few portraits? And I initially said no. Yes, and, then and she you, was. You also said, I'm not putting my hand on my belly. Oh. Next thing you know, I look over, the hair is blowing, the hand. Both hands are on the belly. I, <laughs> very I was regal. just like, fine, this is what the people want. Just give them what they want. <laughs> well, it was very but good. Claire McCabe is going to be horrified. Oh, look at you with your Claire hands Claire McCabe belly. Just is, like Meghan Markle. She's she going to that. be delighted. No, she hates it. She's like, don't, don't tell me you're a bump holder. She's obsessed with this. <gasps> she is actually obsessed with that. Ridiculous. Why do you have to hold your bump? She gives she, me a lot of stress sometimes. Can't we see your bump? Can't we see it? Do you need to, why, why, why is your hand on it? Is your hand holding it up? No. Is it going to fall off? No. I mean, she gets I, very... I yeah. wouldn't mind, actually, at this stage. Oh, my God. Might have just dropped off and you're like, a baby. Well, anyway, all I was going to say was, I then took two days off, which may have been overkill, prior to the thing, to do all the cooking and everything. But I did find myself doing a lot of turning in circles. And I probably could have done with a good list because I would, like, boil the eggs and then kind of leave them. Then I was, you know, cooking the chicken. Then I was like, oh, I'll go over here and I'll prep a bit of this. Then I was prepping something else. Then I was like, oh, I'll go outside and I'll set up the tables. Like, I didn't really do a great job of kind of completing one task, moving on to the next task. I did a lot of, like, bits of things. And then I blew yeah. up all the balloons with you, with you in attendance. We made beautiful were, balloon arches. You were a great help. Thanks for that. And then You're I welcome. was, but then I was so impressed by how, you know, you saw me then blither and blather over, like, where should this balloon arch go? And where will this, will I put this here? And next thing you know, Don swoops in with a bit of silver gaffer tape and just sticks the balloons everywhere. And they look great. They look great. And then they were yeah. up and I was like, oh. I mean, I don't did work in event mean. planning, but there was something to just the decisive action where I yeah, feel I wasn't can, as good as that. You can definitely think circles around yourself. Yes. And you know what I like? I'm, I do love a to-do list, but I'm not a good to-do lister. Like I've seen people do them where they will mark them out into different priorities. You know what I mean? Like has to be done now, can be done this week, can be done whenever, or first, second, third kind of thing. I never do that. I write an extensive to-do list of all the things I have to do for the week. And then I stare at it, mouth open. <laughs> and, the, I, and I put on a blackhead squeezing video in the background. And I go, I'll get to that to-do list now in a minute. I, need, I, need, I just need a minute to drink, drink my coffee. Do you use your to-do list or do you just do it to get it out of your head? I use my to-do list. Well, I found a good technique. I might have mentioned this already. Like I found recently, uh, I just, I was getting very stressed. But I'd wake up in the middle of the night, as I as already mentioned, and think about like, I must do this and I must do that and I must. And I, st I do a lot of composing emails in my mind in bed instead of, and part of me goes, I should just sit up and write the emails. But the other one is like, I don't want to turn on the computer yeah, because yeah. I don't want to be, you know, maybe I should just get up, spend an hour working, which is probably like any mental health um, professionals, like least recommended route. Well, well, if you could work in a dimly lit room and, and handwrite. Yeah, but then the work's not done. I still have to do it the next day, right? So that's not very useful. Um, but anyway, I was, I was, so, so I was in the office and I was like, God, I have to do this. And I'd forgotten about this. And I, I did put a notebook beside my bed and then Bo made off with it. And I found it covered it like pictures of Bendy weeks later. So that wasn't helpful. And every time I put anything beside my bed, it goes missing. But anyway, maybe this is my stress. Your children. The chaos. Yeah. Anyway, so I just did this list and it was like, it was to your point, like things of anything that I just needed to get done, like do the dry cleaning, put on a wash, you know, have an appointment with so-and-so, make that hair appointment, follow up. And I put everything down. And then like, I just kept referring it to, a, so, I mean, it was a to-do list, but it wasn't like I did a to-do list every day or every week. Yeah. It was more like, I have these things that I need to get done. And then I just kind of did them one by one. And that felt very 
helpful to me to have this reference, which I know is a to-do list, but it felt different to me because I do to-do lists, which are like, must do these things, but like they're all the things that are going to get done during the day anyway. But it's more like sometimes I write yeah. them down kind of because I feel like it gives me control, but actually it just wastes my time. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Whereas, yeah, like my to-do lists are, they are to-do lists. I do one every week. I usually do it on a Sunday or a Monday and then I'll add to it during the week. But then at the end of the week, I'll transfer things to the next week when I haven't done them, which is like a lot. You and Roseanne are probably like together one perfect person. Roseanne's probably going to write in and be like, of course I do to-do lists on a Sunday after I cook meals for 77 people um, regimented throughout the week. But, you know, between you and the to-do list on a Sunday, on a Sunday, I do none of these things. On a Sunday, I relax. At about 11 p.m., I think I better get the kids' clothes ready for tomorrow. And then I resent them because I think they should be able to get their own clothes ready at well, this the point. Well, the 10 and the 7-year-old should. <sighs> Ish. Yeah. Anyway, but this is actually touching on what we should be talking about, which is things that you do to alleviate stress. Mm-hmm. So on a Sunday, I feel like you have, you you do tend to try to do things, to try to relax a bit. Don't I you? do, yeah, I do. I try, if I have stuff to do at the weekend, I prefer to get it done on a Saturday. Yeah, and then have Sunday off. I prefer to not make commitments on a Sunday, yeah, because I just want to not have it hanging over me because I need to just switch off before I start again. And so what do you do to switch off? Uh, read. I decorate the house. I clean sometimes, but like it's stuff that I want to tidy up or, yeah. you know, I go through things. Like the other day I was like, why do I have this massive big chest of drawers in my bedroom full of junk? It is basically a receptacle for nothing. I mean, a lot of things in all of our houses, I think, are receptacles. I think that's a very relatable receptacle. But like, I don't, nothing. and it's stress. Do you know what that stresses me out? That those knowing that there is an object in a room full of stuff that's not shouldn't be in it that is in that's the wrong not place, categorized or tied. Yes, either. Yeah. literally vibrates like it's on a different plane. As Grandma in my would mind. call it, a ready comat. A ready comat, exactly. There's a ready comat. Like that thing there that I'm pointing at is a. I'm currently pointing at what is that? Uh, chest of drawers. Chest. It's like a filing cabinet. Oh yeah, that thing there. Is actually useful. It's full of the things it's supposed to be full of. Oh. And I'm happy with that, right? I would never have credited it Mm -hmm. with it. I would have assumed it was full of Legos and like bags of cutlery. It's a perfectly good filing cabinet. And when I'm looking for a document, I go there and I find it. And it's in there. Yes. Now, when I go upstairs to my chest of drawers, which is four massive drawers high, Mm -hmm. when I open them, there's nothing in it that I ever would need. There's nothing in it that I'm ever going to use again. There's probably a spoon of some shape or form, there is probably old dried up, what's that stuff called? Uh, pseudocreme? No, plasticine, that's not what it's called. Play-Doh. Play-Doh. There's definitely a tub of pseudocreme. Vaseline without a lid and some hair in it. Like, crap. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Stuff that needs to go in the bin. Yeah. So on a Sunday, I like to take some time and at least fix one thing. Like Clear last, out something. Yes, like last week, I did my colour-coded shelf in my library. And that was, to me, when it was finished... Very extremely soothing. rewarding and cathartic mm-hmm. during it I wished I had never started mm-hmm. so that's another thing tidying up is great at the end but the beginning of it because yeah. I like you don't do a half tidy up I take everything take out everything and off wonder, and everything out yeah and then wonder why I started yeah. what else do I, I like to take a bath I like to paint my nails oh I wish you'd paint my nails I was thinking I'll about yesterday paint your nails actually my nails are really creepily well, long no, right I actually now. just might go and get my nails might go and get a shellac you know oh, very One little fancy last. Desperate fancy. And the way you just did those little hands there. I know. Look. I might get it done like the week before I'm due and then hopefully the last two weeks after You literally baby. look like a squirrel. <laughs> so cute. A meerkat. Yes. Um, what do you do to relax, Rosemary? Well, I, I also enjoy kind of pottering around the house. And sometimes, you know what? Like, I'll FaceTime mom. She's like, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, I'm just tidying up this. She's like, oh, you should be taking, you know, you should take it easy. I'm like, that is something taking it easy. Do you know what I mean? You just potter around and like at the moment I'm, like I started off six months ago, I was like, I'm not going to wash a thing. 
ridiculous. I'm not going to wash these baby clothes. They're all washed. They've all mm. been washed in the draft. They all smell like heaven, heavenly baby. I also like to wallpaper. Do you really find that a stress reliever? I found that very relaxing. Oh. Very relaxing. Um, also because I think painting is not as relaxing because mm. the children can get in the paint, which they did last time, and then walked the paint all over the bedroom floor. So wallpapering, they can't do that. They can crumple up some of Good the point. rolls. But I mean, I'm talking about now the ready stick wallpaper. Not oh, yeah, yeah. Peel which stick. I find very, very relaxing. I um, did assemble some little birdies for the wall of our baby's room. We got these like 3D... Kind of, you know, the card ones that slot into each other. So we got oh, them for the nice. baby That was cute. But only because it was a bit like doing a jigsaw and each each puzzle had six pieces. Jigsaws? Yeah, but not that yellow one we're doing at the oh, moment. Oh God, no. Or that toilet roll one that we had to actually give up on. Or the, the shells one. We've done a few oh, very... Oh, I didn't mind the shells one as much. That oh, was more really rewarding. Like the shells. Uh, the, this one is just not very relaxing because it's like... You're just staring it's at a phrase. It's too hard. It's too hard. I like, like, I like a difficult jigsaw. I don't mean to play down my jigsaw, our jigsaw abilities. Probably more yours than mine. I like a difficult jigsaw, but this one is just, it's not even really fun. It's just it's all you know too what? similar. It's, it's just not a very cute picture. That's the problem. It's like, I don't feel like, oh God, this is gorgeous. Sorry it's about not, that for you now. Well, sorry. Bitch. <laughs> what else? You like online shopping. I don't find that relaxing. You like to online shop. Yeah, I don't really find it that relaxing. I find online, well, basically, I genuinely believe that if I was a size 8 to 10, I would find online shopping, I mean, I'd do it even more than I do now. I'd find it so relaxing because I would yeah. know mm-hmm. that 90% of the things I'm going to buy are going to, if not be beautiful, like maybe I'll end up returning them anyway, but at least they're going to fit me. Whereas I think as like a size 16 person, when I online shop, half the time the size 16s don't fit me. Half the time the size 18s don't fit me. And then if they do fit me, they often look totally different to how they look to the model online so I get really annoyed do you know what else though I honestly think that pre the days when clothing was shown on all body types I could online shop and genuinely believe that I was going to look a certain way the way I wanted to look oh yeah right? yeah but now that everything is shown on all body types I look at a dress and I go gorgeous and I have this you know oh my god that's going to be so gorgeous be so beautiful and then I swipe through a couple of different body types and I go oh no it's going to look like that on me now and so it's not so it's no longer as kind of transforming, transformative a moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Shopping, it's not as much a dream-based state anymore. I've just constantly been brought back to like the reality of, oh, if only my bum was smaller than this would actually be nice. Oh, but also, who am I fooling? Like, this is not going to be nice on me. I feel like you're being more obviously reminded that these jeans were designed on a size 8 model and here they've shown you them on a size 16 model who, who they were not designed for and they look like crap because they're badly designed. I'm not even like crap sometimes. Sometimes it's just more like that's not how I want oh, to yeah, look. Oh yeah, that's not how I imagine myself looking yes. in those paper bag jeans. Exactly. Paper bag jeans I was looking at yesterday that I was like, beautiful, I'd love them on Gap. And then I get and I scrolled through and I was like, oh no, terrible. I know, well I was looking at a very wedgie. cute jacket also on Gap actually, what's become of me. And I was looking at a very cute jacket and I was like, that would look so I cute. I may have seen this same jacket. Yeah, it was kind of cream. Yeah. Right. And I was like, that would be really nice. A, I was like, this seems very expensive for a jacket from Gap. And then I was going, oh no, I'm just going to look like I don't even, I look like, I'm going to look like I put that, I, I might as well buy myself a pair of like leopard print Crocs to bring my trash out. Sorry, do you remember the time I bought the jacket and I looked like, like a yokel extra from Fargo? <laughs> like not even a cool extra, like I looked terrible. I didn't look like a Brooklyn hipster wearing a Fargo jacket. I looked literally like they were like going through a town and they went into the petrol station to interview the old lady who worked there. That's well, what I looked like. What was I wearing recently? What was I wearing what did I wear to the office recently? And Kevin was like, oh my God, you look like Kate Winslet. And I was delighted. And he's like, in Mayor of East Town. In Mayor of East Town. Yeah. And then he took a picture of me and a picture of Kate Winslet. 
screenshotted it and then passed it around to everybody in the office. He was like, check this out. That's workplace bullying, Beatrice. Oh my God, good one. Well, it was actually hilarious. But what must I have been wearing? I think I was wearing a shirt. A, like, I think I was wearing a check shirt. And I had, oh no, I was wearing a hoodie. I was wearing a hoodie. A hoodie to work? I was here You're working, working from home. I was oh. working from home. I was wearing ho- hoodies are cool. Hello, Supreme. Anyway, hello, oh God, Kanye. Put that hand down. Hello, Yeezus. Hoodies are cool. <laughs> anyway, I was wearing a hoodie and I had my hair in a ponytail. I don't know. Anyway, I wasn't really looking like myself. But I mean, the one moment in my life when I'm going to be compared to Kate Winslet was not exactly the way, the one I was wishing for. It's a bit like the time you compared me to Aileen Warnos in <laughs> what to like Charlize Theron. You look just like Charlize Theron in, in Monster. Monster. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, between that and Mick Hucknall. But anyway, I mean, talk about good for my um, self-image. Anyway, back to what relieves your stress. So stress, stress relief. What really, listening to music, cooking. Sometimes, rarely, honestly, just because it's usually like with 20 minutes and I want like a delicious meal and I've given myself 20 minutes and half the ingredients are missing. doesn't relax me at all because I just don't feel like I'm very good at it. So I get a bit stressed. So it just increases my stress. Listening to music. I don't really listen to music that much. I listened to the Lauren Hill album the other day and I was like, I should listen to this more often, the miseducation of. But then I listen to a lot of podcasts. And actually, oh, no, I, find I, find, quite relaxing, I don't but, find that quite relaxing. I don't find that relaxing at all. Yeah, no, no, I do find that quite relaxing. It kind of depends on the podcast, but I like, I just like the kind of background noise. So I listen to podcasts while I'm pottering around the house or while I'm tidying or while I'm doing something else. Well, I think it's because I'm at work all day talking to people. Like Listening I literally, people. yeah, I'm not. People are talking at me all day and then I'm at home and my kids are talking to me yeah. until bedtime. And so I think that's why I actually don't like podcasts. I feel like it's just too much um, chatter, sensory overload of my yeah. ears, you know? Yeah. Whereas I can sometimes go six, seven, eight hours a day without hearing a single other voice except for through podcasts or TV or whatever. So maybe that's also why I like to read because you said you have observed that you find it interesting that I can so determinedly focus on reading. Oh my God. Out. You should see, guys, you should see the tuning out that goes on here. Like <laughs> Beatrice picks up a book and you go, oh, hang on, before you start that, are we going to have dinner now? Are we going to have dinner later? Silence. <laughs> or, or like even, but even you pick up your phone and once you start reading an email or once you start reading a news article, there's no, there's no communicating with you as mum would say. Communicating. Well, I mean, I, I, I did feel bad about this the other day with her when Bo was like, mom, I hurt myself. Mom, I hurt myself. Mom, I hurt myself. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> And what did he do to himself? Oh, I don't know. Like he banged himself off the table or something. But I was like, I I really wasn't. I wasn't there. You know, I I like to think that I'll hear those important things. You do. I mean, listen, when the baby slid across the floor. I did hear that. In that hotel and screamed. You came running in. In your your Michael Caine nightgown. I did. Michael Caine from up across the Speed of light. Speed of Speed of time travel. You were practically flying like he was with the ghost of Christmas past. Flying into the room. Well, I mean, Um, I I learned this from dad now. And dad's a very relaxed individual, I would say. Actually, you know what? I'd say both of our parents are pretty relaxed. Um, Dad more than mom. Oh, yeah. Your mom's always gone on about how in in her day there was no such thing as stress. She's actually, yeah, she's definitely not the person to go to in in need of like a a pep talk or not even a pep talk. Any kind of crisis. Actually, no, a pep talk she would 100% give you right when you don't want it oh yeah yeah sorry sorry when you're talking about like empathy versus advice empathy yes she, she's not the no. one you go for for empathy because she just but she just cannot comprehend it like she, what, you, what do you have to be stressed about you, aren't you happy is Larry? aren't you married don't you have a lovely life don't you have two gorgeous boys and another one on the way what's stressful sure I mean I think nowadays people just imagine this stress there's no stress I'm sure I'm sure they do sometimes sure it's stress a choice that's the other one Sure, isn't stress a choice? Don't you just sure when you're up, you're up. You just choose no, to get up. No, no, no. She doesn't say isn't stress a choice. What she'd say is, you'd go, I'm just really stressed about work, and she'd go, well, you know, you could be working down in Tesco and you'd have no stress, but you chose this job. You're like, thanks, mom. It's very helpful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's like, you could be like, 
you know, you, you could be working painting nails. That wouldn't be all that stressful. But you know what? Now that you say that, I don't think I've actually ever heard mom complain. She only complains about dad. But I mean, she never complains about her own stress oh, no. levels. Or she doesn't never... have any stress levels. Yeah, sure. Stress is Joyce. <laughs> we can ask her. Anyway, I'm really sorry to segue from mom to this, but one of the things in magazines, right, that you always read when it's talking about stress, like alleviating stress, is masturbating. Right? I thought you'd like this. Unroll your eyes. The Beatrice, we are grown women with clearly with sex lives. We can talk about masturbating. If you can't talk about it, you shouldn't be doing it. Look at your, you're, you're having a conniption now. Anyway, the point is, when I'm stressed, I have to be in a state of pure relaxation to even think about masturbating. When I'm stressed, there's absolutely no way. What about you? <laughs> I can't even cope with you. I don't what know how policy? that would... I don't know how that would ever spring to mind as a stress reliever. That's, that's, in magazines, they're always saying orgasms are great stress relievers. Well, I mean, great. But like, if you're in a, if you're in a point of pure stress, you're not going there. That's like, get away from me or get away from myself. I'm busy worrying over here over get my away checkbook. From Imagine you now yeah. slapping your hand yeah. away, from, away your from me. Get away from me. Get away from me. Get away from me. I'm here agonizing over my checkbook. That is like, those two things are not related. But I mean, it must work for some people if, if they're, people are always talking about it. Who are these people? I literally don't know who these people are who are always talking about it. Next. I thought you were going to say draw yourself a nice hot bath and put some candles around the bath. That's what I'm always reading. I would reading. never say draw a bath, no, Jane in Austen. A magazine. I would say run a bath. In, it's not you. You said oh, people in magazine. magazines. Oh, okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's like Liv Tyler who said, nothing to do with masturbation, who said, I like to run a long bath at the end of the day draw myself along that stay in the bathroom about an hour and a half and just light candles all around my room what tv show were we watching recently oh uh virgin rubber virgin rubber yeah. virgin rubber where he where she goes come on into the tiny bathroom and then gives her a, like a nightmare coconut cupcake in the bath oh yeah hideous, oh, that was gross hideous. that was so gross that would just oh. add to my stress levels oh. but also had like five million candles and lit the in the place. Burnt down, no wonder. it's a wooden cabin <laughs> what was he thinking <laughs> spoiler alert for virgin rubber season three but also i mean i actually for, I'd, you'd be surprised here i'd forgotten the cabin burnt down but <laughs> but more to the point like who has all those candles? That would cost have been the most you expensive. You do right now for my baby shower. I only, baby, I only have about 11 <laughs> for your baby shower. I only have about 11. You can take them home. For my baby shower. You can, actually, your bath's the perfect size because it's tiny. As somebody pointed out in Instagram. That was for perspective. Those, my bath is actually massive. You can put those 11 candles around your bath and you can have a nice relaxing bath tonight and that will relieve all your stress. And then when you're done with that, you can go off and do that thing that you were talking about doing to yourself. Oh, sorry. You can't even say the word. Because you'll be in the mood. What thing? You can give yourself some self-love. Do you mean like a face mask? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. This has been Not Without My Sister with me, Rosemary McCabe, and my 10-year-old sister, Beatrice <laughs> McCabe, who, despite having had four children and I hope at least four orgasms in her life, Rosemary, cannot say the word masturbating. Rosemary, having four children has nothing to do with masturbation. No, but it means that you've been sexually active, you'd eat it. Rosemary, Rosemary, wrap it up there. Thank you all so much for listening and for being tolerant of Beatrice being very immature. <laughs> you can get us on social media at Rosemary McCabe at Beatrice McCabe and at Not Without My Sister our website is notwithoutmysis.com email us notwithoutmysis at gmail.com if you have anything to contribute to the conversation or if you truly believe that blue light is keeping Beatrice up at night please let us actually if you're a sleep hygienist and you want to give Beatrice some free advice please do slide into our DMs or drop us an email as I mentioned up top we're on Patreon patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister and we will catch you next time thank you so much for listening bye bye this episode of Not Without My Sister is edited by Tall Tales. 
Sound and original music are by Don Kirkland and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a proud member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, the Dublin Story Slam podcast. You can find them all over at thewarren.ie.